dwelling in the darkest depths of the mind. It's time for Mark D. Valenti and Brain Burrow. Hello, everyone. This is Mark D. Valenti, and this is another episode of Brain Burrow. This is one of our sessions where we really dig deep with our guest, and our guest has a chance to share about her fears, her values, what is driving her. And then you as a listener and viewer have a chance to say, how does this impact me? How does this relate to my life? So I'm very pleased to have on the show today, Amelia Kincaid, and I want to hand it over to her by asking her the big open-ended question, who exactly is Amelia Kincaid? Wow, that is a very open-ended question. No one's ever asked me that like that. Hmm. Um, well, I have written six books on communicating better with animals. And the books also involve our connection to the divine within, to our own souls, to our own spirit, to the harmonies that we are now missing and how the humans fit into conservation, how they fit into what we do next in the way of cleaning the oceans, cleaning the ozone, stopping can lion hunting, stopping the murdering of tigers. Stop. I mean, so it's it's an enormous paradigm shift. And the, the primary work that I do, the first book was published in, it's now in about 37 countries. And I have lectured in 27 countries in the last 19 years. A lot of those countries every single year. And some of those countries multiple times a year and all over those countries. So um, I've been living out of a suitcase for 19 years, pre-COVID. The main goal and the focus of my life with, the, with people, it's connecting them to a sacred space within them, learning how to activate the other hemisphere of the brain that was once thought to be creative and some of the most recent and more fascinating research indicates that that other hemisphere of the brain, the right hemisphere is a listening device. So I'm, I'm gonna come back to that because I'm getting way ahead of myself, but let's, we're holding that thought with people. I generally help them problems with their cats, dogs, show horses. I have the, I'd have to say my greatest honor in my life was being invited to Buckingham Palace to translate for the Queen's horses and being hired more recently by the richest man in the world to coach his Olympic show horses in Rome and Vienna, where we won the gold. We won the world championship. Uh, but my passion has been leading safaris in Africa. So in those 19 years, I flew to Africa every single year doing charity work on my own dime. So I've lived my life in a very different way than most people and flew down to help a woman with great white sharks. I keynoted a penguin charity benefit and got to de-oil a penguin and release this penguin into the ocean that they named Amelia. She turned around and ran back into my lap. She wouldn't go. And, um, and in 
in the course of doing the charity work for other people, which is primarily big cats and elephants, I've been in the middle of the elephant human conflict for the last 20 years, and there's nowhere I would rather be. My great passion is big cats. And I mean, I, I can't really differentiate because on the level of soul that I'm describing, the love is so euphoric, it's so great that in order to establish the frequency through which quantum information can communicate between living beings, and this is no different from getting an email, it's no different from the internet, there has to be this place of unconditional love. So I'm teaching people, be present with all your love. And I started my own charity and I go into rural, rural communities and, and go into the schools in Africa where some children have shoes, some don't. They have to be sponsored to go to school. They have to be sponsored to have uniforms. It's a privilege to go to school. The children love to go to school. And we dance as elephants, we draw elephants, we make up plays about poaching and protecting animals, teaching the children that the animals do have emotions, that a baby elephant or a baby lion or a gorilla, or more re recently I went to Zimbabwe and did a campaign for the pangolin. And that's a, a kind of anteater that is number one on the endangered species list, the most illegally trafficked animal on the black market in the world. Um, some Chinese people make soup out of them. So that's, and it's a very easy thing to poach and a high, high price tag. And a half a million dollars goes a long way. And I've always been on both sides of the situation. So I'm also talking to people who we're saying that money is, is going to take care of a grandmother who's in the hospital or children that are starving. And it's, it's a complicated issue. It's not that the American go in and say, you can't kill these lions. It's wrong. It is complicated. But I had 180 orphans outside of a church in Rwanda dancing as gorilla, drawing gorilla making up theater about gorillas. So that's how I use <laughs> my, my kind of wild dance abilities and, and my acting training. Mm -hmm. So my great passion, my most latest book is called Whispers from the Wild. And my passion is wild animals. When I'm in domestic countries, <laughs> that's funny. I didn't mean to say that, but it is true. It's pretty funny. America's a domestic country. Mm -hmm. I work with domestic animals and, and show horses, but I can spend up to three months out of every year in Africa when I'm allowed in. And there I am the translator for every possible thing that could go wrong. And it, by the grace of God, some of these places take this work extremely seriously. Mm. These are big Afrikaans guys. They are not, they're not going to be on board with, psychics and especially not little American animal communicators, 
But if there's a, a snake in your tent or a baby hippo in the pool or the elephant turned over somebody's car because the tourists left hot dog buns in the, the back seat, they come and get me. Hmm. And so will you please talk to the elephants or, or she's going to get shot. She's going to get killed. So this, the, the whole theme, I think, is about incorporating sacred spiritual practices into your everyday life and how that fits into the wild side, the wildness. Right. You know, when we're adding dance and theater and art and play and laughter and, and I deliver the ministry in churches all over the world. I'm trained in science of mind, which is a, a, it's a philosophy. Mm -hmm. And in the churches where I give the ministry, I do blessings on the animals. Or if it's a very traditional church, I've even done traditional churches like Catholic churches in Manhattan. I'll, uh, I give the ministry on St. Francis. Because any which way, you cannot deny the fact that the Catholic church has a saint mm-hmm. that's an animal psychic. Imagine that. Imagine wow. that. Wow. And, and, and call it what you may to try to control people or dumb down the information that all, not just Christian, but all of the religious leaders, our deities, trying to teach, which is all the same message. Mm-hmm. It's about miracles and magic and co-creating with God. In every moment of your life, in every moment. And of of course, that's not a philosophy that's anti-gay. Of course, that's not a philosophy that's going to segregate and say, oh, well, that's what's creating the problems. Because I have students that are Buddhist. I have students that are the head of the Buddhist monastery that does the sand paintings. I had a Muslim nun fly from Gaza, from the war when I was lecturing in Zurich. And I have lots of Jewish students. I have Hindu students. And what we're aspiring to here is what's the highest and best potential evolution of the human race? What's it gonna look like? And ultimately it won't be escaping this planet. It's gonna be rescuing this planet and learning how to live in harmony with the other beings on this planet. Fantastic, incredible answer, right? I mean, to even there's there's so much you just talked about there. There's so much that I want to know more about, right? Because this is something you're extremely passionate about. You're extremely connected with, and I would say, you know, one of the themes right there is you're meeting people where they are, no matter what their background, no matter yeah. what their age, no matter where they live. You're meeting people where they are. Thank you so much for saying that. I have an online school, and I now have proteges all over the world. I mean, one wow. one of which is Japanese, and she lives in Australia, and one is Greek, and she lives in Geneva, Switzerland, and they're everywhere. And one of the things that I'm trying to get across to them is that if you come in preaching a philosophy. that's separate from the person you're trying to help. 
I'm saying you have to speak that person's language. Now, if, and, and I'll give you some, some examples. I, when I first published, my first book was called Straight from the Horse's Mouth. Um, my second book is called The Language of Miracles. And that was with, oh, a mentored by Captain Edgar Mitchell, the astronaut. And that's the scientific, um, I don't want to say proof. It's the latest models in quantum physics that indicate that all living beings are in communion with each other at all times anyway, what they just don't choose to pay attention to it. But on a, a, a pulpit of a church in Dallas, Texas, I had a cowboy, an old, old cowboy. I, and I was very green. I had just started this work. He's coming up the aisle. And I thought, oh, gosh, he's going to let me out. Because here I, I am saying, you animals, other animals, we are an animal. We are one of five types of apes. We are the most destructive and the most elitist mm -hmm. and the most callous of the other animals on the planet who only take what they need when they need it. They don't hoard. They don't torture. They don't pollute. But I had this old cowboy coming up and I'd done this whole thing on your, your dog can not only think and feel everything you can think and feel. Their scope of emotion is so beyond ours. A horse's ability to love and bond. A cat's ability to connect to the, the cosmos and deep levels of healing that we don't have access to. That's just a fact. Cats can defy, you know, they can, they can have something that should have killed them. I mean, the other day I, I talked to the neighbor here. I'm in New Mexico with my mother's. Her cat had broken his neck. There's no way on earth that cat should have lived through it. And I said, let him, let he, let him go to sleep and take it up with God. Let him go home to wherever his home is and the other dimensions and download that healing. But point being, this old cowboy comes up to me and I think, oh, boy, he's going <laughs> to lay me out. I'm in so much trouble. Oh, gosh. He says to me, he's got a big old cowboy hat. He said, I know you're right. And I said, really? <laughs> How do you know I'm right? Well, I had a dream. And he knew every detail, right? Back in 1972, it was January 14th or whatever. There was a blizzard. He's sound asleep. He said his favorite mare comes to him in a dream and says she has her leg caught in a hole and wrapped in barbed wire. And she's out in the blizzard dying. He jumps up out of the bed, rushes out in the snowstorm, finds her exactly where she showed him. And he saves her life and gets the barbed wire off her. But if I'm going to talk to a cowboy, and sometimes I'll be teaching a workshop and I'll have sheriffs, I have police officers, I have firemen. Uh, South Africa, I've had police officers on duty in uniform show up with their dogs. And I said, does your captain know you're here? He said, my captain paid for me to be here. I'm supposed to go back and report to him everything that you taught me. Wow. But I connect with every single person in a very different way 
if I've got a fireman. And there was a there was a point where the New Jersey Fire Department was watching every time I did a talk show. I used to do a lot of talk shows. <laughs> and they'd call me and say, we know you're right. I said, how do you know I'm right? Well, every one of them has a story that they're running one way in a fire <clears throat> and a voice or an impulse says, stop, hmm. turn around, go the other way, turn around and go the other way. Now do it now. And the guy turns around, goes the other way and the roof falls in and it would have wow. killed him. They also said they had a good old fashioned Dalmatian, just like from the movies in the firehouse. And the dog would go crazy before the bell went off. And it didn't matter if it was three o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, the dog would go nuts. Hmm. But I've also had five British Navy generals in the, uh, in the military academy in London. And I'm going to talk to them about, have you ever had that experience happen where you knew something so you're picking up extrasensory information it's not from your ears your eyes before it happened and it might be don't deploy those men it might be shouldn't marry that woman might be you shouldn't don't take that way to work and that instinct where we're connected to something larger than we are where we're able to operate it i call it a cell in the body of god where we're able to listen to something and not let the ego rush in and deny it. We all have that instinctive connection to the creator, to creation, to planet earth, to God, God us all that is whatever you want to call it. And the only reason people make mistakes is it's always in hindsight. You look back and say, I shouldn't have done that. I knew I shouldn't have done it. I knew I shouldn't have eaten that. I shouldn't have had that second drink. I shouldn't have gone that way to work. Your ego comes in and negates it. So you're making that up. You're wrong. You have no way of knowing that. What I'm teaching is let's pay attention to that first impulse. One of the things Captain Edgar Mitchell said, it's not a sixth sense. It's a first sense. Every baby has it before they learn their designated languages. The indigenous tribes on the planet telepath before they had a written language. Oh. So part of it could be one philosophy is that the pineal gland in children starts to atrophy about the age of seven. And that's what is, um, some people contribute that to being our third eye. Mm -hmm. And with indigenous people, it's the, it's learning language and mathematics. Then we become reliant on the part of the brain that's analytical, which is important. That analytical part of the brain puts things in perspective and order. It keeps us safe and uses our past experiences and what we've read in books and what other people have taught us to try to make sense of things and keep us safe. But even Albert Einstein said the problem with the human race is that we're, rely we're relying on that instead of the, the juicy part, the other part of the brain that's 
taking in enormous amounts of information, the analytical part is only there to make sense of what you're taking in when you're listening. So I teach people to listen before they act. That's incredible. The deeper we get into the listening part of the brain, there are also ideas about alpha, delta, theta, what kind of brain waves we're using. The more we can access information from other living beings, from humans, from I, I talk to animals and dead people for a living, pretty much. And the animals and the dead people tell me about the living people. They tell me about their problems, their past, their psychological problems, their patterns. Uh, so I'm using the, the psychic realm to help human beings, basically therapy. Mm. It's just going into the situation with the person, the animal lover. I know a lot more about them than a therapist would. Yeah. Uh, I love how you connected everything like that, right? It's And what you said about not the sixth sense, but the first sense that we kind of overlook. I think that was extremely <laughs> insightful. Yeah, it's, an, it's, it's an entirely different way of looking at that. And I think that's, inc- that's an incredible perspective. It is. It really is. Because if you think about it, you can't say your baby's not thinking and feeling. Right. Very good point. Everyone knows your baby can think and feel. Now, whether that baby grows up to speak Korean or Japanese or French or Italian, it doesn't matter. Right. Because the the way we describe an object, the words we put on an object are not the object itself. And the way we describe an emotion or a situation is not the raw information. True. True. Now, you know, in, in your expertise, people are not necessarily going to open up and tell you the truth. Right. Of course not. Right. It's, there's vulnerabilities. There's fear of being judged. It goes back to, and I, I'm looking at right now, I have it up on Kindle about your, you know, your book, Whispers from the Wild. And I, what really struck with me as I look at it, and you called it out, the um, psychological worms, I think, mental virus programs, right? You talk about fear, jealousy, resentment, bitterness. And it was just in that part, it's like all of that just really gets in the way of people kind of being in touch with their own feelings, being in touch with their own vulnerabilities, being touched with being the human animal. And I think that part really stuck with me as I read that chapter specifically. Isn't it interesting? It's, um, what I'm doing, say, and it doesn't matter whether I'm talking to your parrot or your tortoise or your guinea right. pig or your dog, or I'm speaking with a cobra, right. an eagle, an owl, a hawk, a cheetah, a giraffe, a baboon. You mentioned great white sharks too, for goodness sakes. Great I mean, white that's... sharks. I've worked with great white sharks. Wow. It's um, seeing their point of view. Right. Right. Well, and you know, as we you mentioned, see each other's point of view. Excuse me, I, I'm going to okay. cut you off just one second because please, I, I, please make a point. The only reason humans are at war with each other 
that we're dropping bombs on each other, that we even have military programs. It's because we can't see each other's point of view. Well said. So if we can, one analogy is a backup. I'm no longer looking at one thing. Make my dog do this. I don't like it when my cat does that. But to back up and see both points of view. Or the Goodyear blimp has a view of a football game and can see both teams. And can even see more clearly what the other team's about to do. Because you're not on the ground anymore. You're operating from this soul level where we are all connected. We are all one. We all, the, the communication between us is innate. And it's the, the ego saying, well, I don't like that. Well, I like this. Well, I don't. And, and that whole thing about afraid of being judged. It's a wild, rebellious spirit in me that will come forward and say, I don't care. Right. That's, that's clear. And I think that goes back to what we talked about, right. With the, within again, what you wrote about, which are these psychological worms, the things that prevent us from taking risks. Cause we don't want to, we don't want to go up on that blimp because we're afraid that, you know, what happens if we go up there to get a bigger view, a larger view, we don't want this because what if somebody, you know, sees us and we trip on the way in. So it's really, to use that blimp analogy, it's this fear, this fear that we have that we put on ourselves to prevent us from seeing others' points of view, to prevent us from being in touch with ourselves, to prevent us from taking risks because, my gosh, we might fail and then what would happen? But, but if yeah. you don't do it, you're, you're ensuring your own failure. That's right. I agree with you. Agreed. If you don't do it, you've put yourself in a cage that you can't get out of. That's right. And that isolation is a really painful place to be. You just heard the amazingly insightful Amelia Kincaid talking about how we are all connected. But here's the thing, that was just part one. Make sure you tune into part two where you hear Amelia talk about some pretty amazing adventures. So make sure you tune in to part two of Amelia Kincaid, We Are All Connected. Thank you for tuning in to Brainborough. And on behalf of Amelia Kincaid, this is Mark D. Valenti. Have an amazing rest of your day. You just dug deep with Mark D. Do you want more? Follow Mark on Instagram at Valenti Horror and subscribe to the Brain Burrow Podcast.